0: qualified podcast to discuss wrestling. Today, uh, my name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. That's me. Hey, welcome on, Matt. Always appreciate having you here.
1: I always appreciate being had.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, So, we are on week four of the winter season, covering all sports anime from January 22nd to January 28th. Uh, Do we have any announcements this week? I don't think we do.
1: No. uh, Don't have anything... Dig to go through. Just, just. Uh, I, I guess the the one thing we would say is that you know when we do get iTunes reviews, we read them at the top of the show. So if you want right. to leave a positive review, we're happy to read that on the show, and uh, I'll also just happy to hear from you in other ways through email or through social media. Um, but uh, and we'll go through those in the credits at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, I guess we're just going to jump right into it this week, then. Uh, we are going to start off with Yamamushi Pedal New Generation, Right. which I will be covering. So, this week we have uh, more of an uh, introduction to Ashikiba. Like, as we saw last week, you know, he seemed kind of blah and blasé towards everything. But as we find out, during races he gets really passionate and into it. And uh, he very quickly kept catches up with... Uh, with the, uh, the Sohoku gang, with Anoda, uh, Teshima, and Imaizumi. And what we discover is that uh, Ashikiba, he has this very odd... Me- he has a very similar uh, shaking method as he climbs to uh, Makishima, uh, who- and he has the metronome. He has, like, the metronome pedal, which basically he very uh, steadily goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And effectively, what happens is he catches up to them, te- uh, and he's, he passes Teshima. Teshima keeps valiantly fighting against him, which inspires something in Anoda, and basically causes him to uh, race on ahead. It kind of awakens something in Anoda watching Teshima fight very valiantly against uh, this incredibly talented but- uh, cyclist that you know Teshima really has no chance up against. Yeah. So, and then the end of the episode, got, we haven't had the, uh, the resolution to the race yet, but I think the uh, next episode is going to be going into Inoda and Akashi, uh, Ashikiba's uh, showdown, as it were.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this was fun. Yeah! Uh, it was, uh, this is basically what I'm looking for out of Yowipeda. Um You've got sort of this goofy but not absurd character from Hakone, Ash- Ashikiba, He has some pre-existing relationship with Teshima, um, so you you get some allusions to their past friendship and the fact that they still, you know, care about each other, but uh, for whatever reason, Ashikiba ended up at Hakone and lost contact with Teshima. Um, And so, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting to speculate on exactly what happened there, uh, but also you just get some really fun animation with seeing their different styles with uh, ashikiba is clearly so lanky that he can dominate the course just by his his body size he has so much momentum going into each pedal and it really does feel heroic to see Teshima (laughs) keeping pace um even though everyone's saying that he can't maintain it for the rest of the race
0: yeah, uh something I was really worried about Ashikiba is that I was really worried he was going to be just kind of another sort of bro- brooding emo type character, mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't really care, you know, he's just doing this because his team wants him to. He doesn't really enjoy it that much. No, I am glad as soon as the race started, he started going nuts. Mm-hmm. And I it, it's kind it's an interesting dynamic that I've, I I I wish I saw more, which was the whole thing about how, like, they kind of have a, uh, somebody who has a, who has, you know, their normal everyday face, you know, their kind of mild manner, and then they have their game face. Mm-hmm. And the way they conveyed that was really fun, because as he was, like, trying to catch up to them, he just has this elated uh, look on his face as Ode to Joy plays very boisterously in the background.
1: <laughs> yeah. What did, what did you think of his... The, the fact that his pump-up music is Beethoven. I,
0: I thought that was... On one hand, it does feel like it's because it's public domain, but <laughs> it is also based off of a uh, off a of manga, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but I thought that... But, you know what? I thought they made it work in this episode, at the very least. Like, having... Oh, like, I don't know. It's like... I, it gives it this sort of soaring feel that I wouldn't have expected out of, you know, a cycling anime.
1: Yeah, it is also kind of a funny disconnect, you know, to see yeah. this enormous man speeding up to you and, like, catching up to you from behind with a smile on his face while you have a choral version of Ode to Joy playing in the background. Yeah. And his internal yeah. monologue is like, Ah, Beethoven's Ninth. Otherwise, yes, I can
0: still hear it in my head! Yeah. Like, kind of almost going mad as he's, like, writing. And, you know, it's like, I really appreciate that out of Ashiki, but these are the types of characters I like to see in sports anime.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I also like they, that he's not evil. You know, right. it's so easy to make the moody character, like, secretly evil, but they right. just made him, like, secretly super into classical music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because they change it up to... They change it from O to Beethoven's Fifth as, like, Teshima goes up against them. And again, it works... Both for the character because we're looking at it from the character's mindset, and but it also fits the uh, the scene, you know, kind of trying to capture like Teshima's like grand attempt to like to fight against this man who's very naturally talented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's even getting excited over this, like yes he, like yes now Beethoven's fifth is playing in my head, and like this like this valiant uh, like battle that we're having right now. Yeah. So. And so you know it it's it's been it was a real fun episode. I'm kind of glad. Um they and you know they also played with that a little bit too. They did this they had probably one of the probably one of the funniest jokes in Yawamushi Pedal, I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Which was, uh, par- they gave him kind of another weird character trait, which is that he can't seem to recognize Imaizumi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if it's so much that he doesn't recognize him, or if he's just, like, an airhead, but he's, like, he looks over to Imaizumi is like, ah, it is you, Onoda. And then the music kind of stops, and then Onoda sort of responds, like, hi! Like, <laughs> yes! That's me! Yeah. Like, as if, like, without missing a beat, effectively. Yeah. Like, without even, like, <laughs> noticing. And then... It goes on. It goes a little bit further, and he's like, "Ah, so it's you, Anoda." And he just sort of looks at him. He's like, he doesn't even like.
1: He doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't even it. acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I like that. That he's like, "Ah, so you must be Nekuma, the Red Comet." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like
0: he keeps getting who, yeah, like, who they exactly. are wrong,
1: and it, it becomes very clear that he has no idea who Amaizumi is. He knows everyone else on Sohoku, but he's never heard of him, so Right. I I thought it was was a funny sequence. It's sort of one of those that, like, is less funny when we talk about it. Um, Yeah, kind of. But when... Again,
0: I think what made that work was the presentation of it, because it's really less about the punchline and more about the delivery of it. And again, you know, when you have this... Because they're still playing Ode to Joy, because this is supposed to be, like, his, like, his evil stare down of the two of them, and they just... (laughs) They, bro- uh, <coughs> they broke it for just a moment. Yeah, because like they just they just halt the music as soon as he refers to a maizubi as a Noda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I and I think it's that stop that makes the joke work.
1: No, I agree. No, it was. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Do you do you have any? I, I guess the one thing that that I was confused about was Ashikiba kept referring to the fact that like he hadn't been able to race and he hadn't been you know since because he's a second year but he hadn't been able to race his entire first year of high school like um and he's so so grateful that the seniors let him finally race again um did you have any thoughts on that or like why you would go to a high school where you're not allowed to race
0: (laughs) I don't really see much of that because again, I kind of figure that they're gonna explain that later. I guess it was—it's kind of one of those things where they're trying to come up with an excuse why he wasn't on the Hokone team to begin with, oh, yeah. like at the Inner High. It's kind of one of those. Well, I had to think of a new character to go up to be a good rival for Teshima since we haven't really built it. Since I haven't really built him up yet, you know, speaking as the author. Yeah. Um, and then you know, but he has. To, it's like okay, so but I need to have some reason why he wasn't. So I don't know. He wasn't allowed to ride
1: yeah he was training and in i'll f- I'll
0: figure out the reason later
1: yeah exactly that that kind of does sound like a manga thing
0: yeah a little bit um my, my only real complaint was that they had you know I am sorry but I, we kind of touched on this last episode Kinjo has always been a bit of a weak point of the series mm-hmm. um I didn't particularly like the sequence in the car with him I thought that kind of you know, I, I get kind of sick of him being able to read every single situation completely perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think the line that got me was the fact that it's like Anoda's only is only writing at about thirty percent right now.
1: Based like, on what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like so, like he he's in at, like, third. <laughs> yeah. Like, like how do you judge that as a metric? Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> You just say it really confidently, that's how.
0: Yeah, apparently. And it, it's kinda, it wouldn't bother me if they had treated it like a joke, like they did with uh, Ashikiba referring to Aizumi. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. The fact that they, it's kind of one of those things that they actually somewhat expect us to take it seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you do have a sense of... Like, Yamushi Petal does kind of have a sense of humor about itself sometimes, but that's... It's like, you're not really selling that line to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, and I don't know if I totally bought his reasoning that, like... Teshima can't keep up because he's a bad cyclist. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. I don't know how much that's been proven. So Teshima can't possibly win this race because he's a bad cyclist, but what he can do is inspire Onada because Teshima's bad, but he's doing well. That will inspire Onada and make him be even better. It's like. I don't know how much better you get off watching someone else be good. You know, it, it feels yeah, a little it, bit it, like fake anime logic.
0: Yeah, it, it's a bit of a there's a TV trope or there uh, there's a trope uh, called the Xanatos Gambit, which is basically you do something in completely insane and hope that it pays off. Like, and hope that it pays off in the end. So it's like in this case, the Xanatos Gambit, Gambit would be throwing Teshima in this race yeah. because you're expecting him to lose which will then inspire Inoda, and it's just like...
1: That's not how life works, mostly, but...
0: Right, but it's like, you know, it's supposed to kind of prove the soul of their team, Mm -hmm. and how, you know, it's like, because Inoda's always been their wild card, so he has to do something to inspire him, and it's like... I don't... You know, that doesn't really work. But I mean, besides that, I think it was still a pretty fun episode. I really like Ashikiba as being a villain. I wouldn't mind seeing him... Continue to return as a recurring villain for the yeah. series.
1: Well, I mean, hardly... A v- I think he's probably going to end up being more of a rival than a villain, but yeah.
0: Well, you know what I mean.
1: Yes. Um, so, speaking of things we know, we know that we also like March comes in like a lion. So, <laughs> I'm going to talk about episode 15? Yes, 15. For real
0: this time? <laughs> for
1: realsies. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, the episode starts off with a flashback of kyoko ray's uh, adoptive sister um sneaking into ray's bed spooning him and telling him not to touch her which is you know evidence of someone someone who's definitely fine um (laughs) anyway uh and so ray then goes into some some sort of self-analysis self-criticism he talks about how she was broken by the way that he and his adoptive father treated her and he blames himself for her destructive relationship with goto um of course it, this is being set up at the, the same time that goto goto and shimada are facing off in the the semi of the tournament and ray is able to leave class and go watch the game uh, Shimada tries a new style but ends up losing his first match, but turns out it's best two out of three, so that's okay. Um, and in the second match, Shimada is actually able to win after what appeared to be 11 hours. Um, and then you see a, a flashback of Nikaido talking about how he'd never lost before he met Rei as a child. Um, and he was thankful to have lost that match to Ray, and seeing that, you know, there are stronger people out there, and that's what he wanted Ray to learn from Shimada beating him. So it would inspire him to sort of get a fresh start. Um, and then you, you leave off the episode seeing Goto once again with Kyoko, but abandoning her on the curb as he is often right. wont to do. Yep. Um, Though The one thing I want to say about this episode is. As I was watching it, I felt like there was so much content, and I know I sort of breezed over it, but it felt like there was so much in it, I couldn't believe it was only 22 minutes long.
0: Right. Um, I guess my big takeaway from it was Kyo- like Kyoko has been propped up as being a villain mm-hmm. throughout the entire series. Like, you know, she's kind of like this, you know, this kind of scheming, you know, she's trying to get inside Ray's head. This episode kind of showed it as Kyoko is, like, Ray was the one who accidentally got in Kyoko's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he, I,
1: he clearly blames himself for it.
0: Right, like, it was kind of interesting to kind of see, like, you know, Kyoko is not really that evil. She has been completely broken as a person, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I thought, I thought this episode went a long, a long way to, uh, making her a very sympathetic character.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's interesting to see it from Ray's perspective too, because he talked, uh, a couple times about how, you know, he has this recurring thing of how he left home because he wanted to be an adult right? Right. And he did, even though he's still, you know, 16 or whatever, he wanted to be an adult. And he thought that if he could be, go out on his own and be an adult, then he could protect Kyoko. Um, But he realized that, of course, that's not how she felt. Like, when he left home, she felt like, you know, it was just one more person in her life that was abandoning
0: her. And he realized, like, you know, I didn't help her. I made it worse. Not only that, but she kind of feels it like, I drove, I, it's like, because I was about to leave, I essentially drove you out of this household. Right. Like, you aren't doing this because this is something you want to do, you're doing this because it's, because you feel responsible for me.
1: Well, yeah, and because that, that was the thing, is she said that she was gonna, you know, run away from home or leave home or whatever, and Ray insisted, no, like, I'll leave home so you don't have to. You know, I'll leave him. Right. If if I'm not around here to create the pressure, you can be ha- and you can be around your father, and it'll be better if I'm gone. And of course, that it wasn't. You know, because that was just one more child that was abandoning the family. You know, it didn't it couldn't possibly make things better for her.
0: Right. And yeah, and I, I mean, I like the fact that Ray at least sort of has the introspection to realize that. You know. Maybe I did actually break her uh, because, she, because she even mentions like, look, you and dad think I'm like, you guys think you're being nice to me by telling me that it's like, oh, you know, there's more to world than just Shogi. But you your God, you yourselves don't believe that.
1: Yeah, clearly, by the way you live your lives, Shogi is the most important thing. So when you tell me that it doesn't matter if I'm bad at Shogi, even though I want to keep playing, you're you're telling me that, like, I'm not good enough. Right. Um, and we'd seen some of that before, but I guess she became a lot more sympathetic.
0: Um, right, be- but because before it was kind of like, you kind of assumed it was something along the line. Because before she was really only putting blame on Coda, you know, her father. Mm-hmm. Like, or from what we were seeing. But now we're seeing she's like, no, Ray, you are just as complacent in this. Like, you're t- trying to tell me this garbage too, and you clearly don't believe it. Which also kind of sets up this weird thing, like... Um... So, she kind of is... Because, you know, as you mentioned before during the summary, she was... At night, she was sneaking into Ray's room. And not necessarily, like... She was basically, like, getting into them and basically cuddling him with that... With, you know, her... You know, by telling him, like, also, you're not allowed to touch me. Right. And, uh, it... (sighs) It almost feels like she's seeing up like her father in Ray.
1: Well, yeah, I think there's definitely grounds for interpretation there with how she perceives Ray's relation to her father and right. how she sees Goto as sort of another substitute for her father.
0: Right, because Goto's kind of an oldish man.
1: Well, he's an oldish man, he's also one of the best shogi players in the right. country. Um And he'll, you know, he he doesn't love her, clearly,
0: but he is willing to string her along. Um, Right, I I thought that was interesting, um, based off of, because we kind of see how he leaves the, the shogi parlor, like, in both ways. Like, the first time when he loses, or when he wins, he sort of allows Kyoko to sort of attach herself to it. Right. Like, you know, he walks away, you know, he still refers to her as a stalker, but, you know, she kind of runs up and kind of, like, grabs him by the arm, and, you know, he doesn't push her away or anything like that. Yeah. And then the second time when he loses, he's, like, shoving her away and basically be, like, he doesn't even respond to her. He's just like, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to deal with you right now. I, it's like, I'm not in the mood to put up with you right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which kind of puts him as being this, this man who, like... He sees people as something that he can use. He's kind of like the Sun King, almost. Like, you know, when I'm happy, everybody else is allowed to be happy around me. Mm. But, like, but, you know, once I'm upset, you all better stay away from me. I don't need you people.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And and it'll be... I'm, I'm excited to see that match conclude and see, you know, sort right. of... right what the effect would be if he loses I think Goto is going to lose what do you think
0: Ah I don't know like it almost seems so perfect to me to have Goto win and then he goes on and like f- goes up even against uh oh my god Soya I think Soya yeah thank you uh, goes up against Soya and even beats him and then Ray suddenly Ray has this whole drive like, now, like, his goal isn't even Soya anymore. Like, Goto has almost perverted that goal that he has. Yeah, I'm not... Sh- yeah, I'm not but sure. But that almost seems a little too cliched, because at the same time, it would make sense for, like, Soya to basically... It would be a good chance to kind of show how Goto is wrong. Ray can still get his sort of, like, satisfaction in watching him lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that would come from Goto going up against him and getting, you know, demolished, right? Right. Um, so then I think, you know, the, the narrative might shift where you get a direct focus on Soya. Cause you know, we're in the second half of this show and clearly there's going to be some thematic crescendo that involves Soya somehow, um, Right. but we just have to get it there where it's earned. Um, and we're clearly not there yet.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, the show only has about six, uh, seven episodes left.
1: Well, I think it's 24, so... I thought it was 22 episodes. Is it 22? Well, it has between 6 and 8 episodes left. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll double check. Um, But yeah, so... uh, Speaking of another show that has between 6 and 8 or more episodes left, do you want to discuss uh, All Out?
0: By all means... (laughs) Okay, so that one's on me. Not really a big episode. This was kind of a calm before the storm. Yeah. I feel like the, the entire plot of this episode is that Sekizan and Hachi are going out to uh to lunch with uh with uh, a Kochingo. Uh, they got invited out. They run into uh, Hoakari and uh, Rie, who's the manager of the. Uh, Keijo team, apparently the two of them have become friends or are out shopping with one another, and they run into Sekizan, and then, because they stopped them, Gion and Iwa run into them, and Gion wants to join them for lunch, and uh, Sekizan's like, we can't make special privileges for you, so Gion gets the great idea to call everybody up and uh have them meet at Coach Shingo's house for a free lunch.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what Sekizan says is like, well, I can't just invite you if not everyone's
0: invited. So Gaeon's like,
1: I can fix that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Coach Shingo initially isn't going to let them come in, but then his wife is super excited to see them there. And then it's just kind of a general slice of life thing where everybody's kind of meeting up there. Uh, the interesting thing is that Yoshida even stops by as well. Uh, he and uh, Shingo kind of have a nice little chat. uh sort of developing a friendship there and uh shingo kind of makes the speech about how you know their training camp is going to be crazy you know uh, effectively it's like hey you know we're gonna have to like train really hard here so get ready everybody and then that's kind of where the episode ends yeah um not a big episode no uh nothing to complain about though yeah, not really anything to complain about. It, it's just kind of like, there's not really a whole lot going on here. Again, I think the most interesting aspect was uh, the coach and Yoshida kind of uh, meeting up and talking for the first time again. And Shingo's, uh, Shingo kind of, like, stretches out to Yoshida. He's like, hey, you know, you can come with us if you want. I don't mind. And initially Yoshida's kind of like, eh, maybe not. But then after his speech, like... Uh, Shingo even mentions, uh, like, you know, I know this place that I go to every time I do this training camp for a beer. Why don't you come with me?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think Yoshida, he's sort of taken aback by the fact that he even when he's at the coach's home, he's offered a beer. And he's like, oh, what, me? Not like, I don't know. No, no, no.
0: no. I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, it's I guess the interesting part about this is it seems like Yoshida is slowly being accepted just as a part of the team now.
1: Well, and that's the thing. It didn't just start with the lunch because earlier that day he was, like, he had unlocked the club room and stuff and he was helping a few of the uh, members of the team practice. Right. Um, and he was sort of acting like, yeah, well, you know, just make sure you lock, you know, he was trying to be hard about it, but clearly he was more comfortable being involved. And what I like is that in the last, you know, since Yoshida sort of came around and decided that rugby was worth watching again um right they've involved him but they've involved him in small ways they haven't ever had a character go like oh wow uh yoshida sensei you sure are a lot nicer now and more willing to be involved in small but meaningful ways <laughs> um, like he just did it uh which it shouldn't be complex uh right. but it is it, it doesn't always happen that way
0: it's, it's a nice little subtle bit of character growth for him, and it's starting to pay off now. It, it's a nice little character arc that we're getting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other the other new character we got in... Well, I mean, Yoshida wasn't new, but in terms of development, <laughs> the only significant development we got was we got to spend some time with the coach's wife, Yumi. Right. Uh, so you had a very positive impression of Yumi-chan, didn't you? Uh,
0: I kind of love Yumi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she... nothing really seems to get her down... And I, she just seems to be so genuinely happy to have all of these young high school boys around. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny a little bit, because there's kind of this element of, like, she's not really, like, that into... She's kind of... She feels almost like a bit of a stand-in for a fangirl, but... She's a little older so there's not just just this overt like oh my god hot guys but you know there's kind of just this this little twinge of her being like ooh you have all these like like muscly men around like like honey thank you so much
1: Yeah 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 but like uh, it, did... it's they're cute but also like she feels like sort of very maternal and right. you know it's not just the squeeing so I like that right. it was a little more complex
0: <laughs> Right and I kind of love at the end of the episode because they have this, dis- she and her husband are having this discussion because he doesn't really want her to come along on this training camp. Just because it's like, look, honey, you're not going to have anything to do. But, you know, she gets kind of bitter and upset and then she turns on the TV and she gets distracted by a baby seal.
1: Yeah, I didn't necessarily love that. It was kind of a little bit of like, y- you know, women, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I-, I admit, I, I admit, though, I laughed.
1: Yeah, I mean the I liked the fact that she like lost her mind at it. That, like, <laughs> right, oh, like, what what is that? It's and, like, so cute. It's so is... cute. It's so cute. What is it? What is it? It's so cute. <laughs> so yeah, it was funny, but also like.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind. Of, it does kind of have that element of uh, women. Am I right? Yeah,
1: Um, luckily the show does not rely on that very often, and the other, I mean, it doesn't have many female characters, but it's very respectful towards the female characters it does have. Right, well, I mean, you know, when
0: they're around. I thought it was kind of interesting that apparently uh, their team manager, Hoakari, and Rie, uh, the team manager of Keijo, uh, I kind of thought that was interesting that they seem to have formed something of a friendship where they're doing things just after school, and after team meetings. Yeah,
1: I think that's as much because it's a lot easier to do that than introduce another female character
0: right. for any
1: of them to be friends with. You know, just use yeah, the two I that mean, you most, have. Yeah, uh,
0: most sports series still kind of do that. Like, again, like with Yawamushi Pedal, like, Miki has her friend, her kind of, like, cynical friend that she has. Oh, yeah. I forgot about uh, her. Or, or even, uh, or Yawamushi, or uh, Haiku has, uh... Yachi and Shimizu, so... I mean, there's still, like... Who are both element.
1: team managers.
0: That's who are I mean. both team managers, I know. But Yachi was kind of added in later. The point is, a lot of series still kind of go that extra step to try and introduce more girls for the, uh, for the team manager to be friends with, uh-huh. uh, like, at the school. So I thought it was kind of interesting that it kind of shows that these are two teams that, despite uh, despite how maybe contentious and... Yeah. They can be in, you know, the rivalry, you know, there still is kind of that element of friendship there. And they communicate that, I think, well enough just by having Hoakari and Rie be, you know, pals.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe, I, I think the, the last big thing I wanted to bring up on this, I don't know what else you have, is that I really, can oh well, this isn't new per se, but I continue right. to appreciate the way that uh, the coach refers to their training he's right. he's like a lot of series could talk about like this training camp is so important you're gonna go out there and win and prove to everyone that you're the best he what? doesn't say that he says this is an opportunity for you to try a lot of new things see what works and see what doesn't work and learn from it yeah which and, so
0: it's kind of presenting a more healthy look At, like, sports. You know, it's good for you guys to go all out, but remember, this is your experience. These are still your high school years. Mm -hmm. This isn't about just conquering and, you know, being the best. It's about... It's an educational experience. It's about how you people grow as people.
1: Also, these games don't count for anything, so don't worry whether you win or lose. Worry if you're learning something. Right. Um, So, like, you know you can contrast it to a a deeply inferior show like days where they convince (laughs) that they go to these training camps and they play all these games and they like lose their minds with how, and they get themselves literally injured because they're so desperate to win training camp games because they convince themselves it's the most important thing. Um, And that's a very unhealthy attitude to have. Whereas this show is like, no, like, practice games are for practicing and like trying new stuff and learning and so just do that
0: um, um I go ahead oh sorry I just wanted to also bring up one thing since we're kind of on the speech anyway the thing I liked about the game about the speech is that he kind of even applies a little bit of game theory there because uh, cuz he even mentions like look most games are actually probably decided before the match even begins right like it's all about preparation here and I guess I kind of appreciate that, uh, just on the basis that, you know, playing a lot of games and trying, attempting to play a lot of, like, strategy games, uh, you know, on occasion, or, like, looking into, like, different competitive games. Like, one of the big ones I tried to was uh, Pokemon back in the day. Like, yeah, a lot of games, when you get into it, you ha- already kind of have an algorithm, like, laid out in your head as to what you're going to do. Because, you know, a lot of, like, sports series, you know, they try and play, you know, it's like, no, it's like, the game's not decided until the very end of the match. Like, no, he even mentions, look, it's going to be decided. It's all based on your mentality and how you prep for it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, again, that was a bit more of a unique take on it. It's a bit more of a pragmatic view of the sport.
1: I agree. It's, uh, you know, not the most meaningful episode, but a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on to an episode that was the opposite of that. Well, in that it was also not meaningful, but <laughs> very much not fun. Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask episode 16. So, um, the the episode starts off with all of the NJPW wrestlers on a couple of buses. And yeah. at, at first I thought, are they going to a training camp? Is that what's that? No, anyway, so you don't know where they're going. They're going on a training camp, and there's uh, a promoter from Mexico who's talking to the head of the NGPW and trying to get Tiger Mask to wrestle in Mexico. Uh, and then she kicks him in the testicles when he says that he can't do that. Um, <laughs> and that just doesn't go addressed. Anyway, uh, eventually she gets a, a hold of Haruna, and... And offers Haruna 50000 per match. 50000 50, what? what? She doesn't say. And Haruna says, okay, I assume that's dollars. Um, <laughs> they end up getting to their destination. It turns out it's a rural village where there are no young people. So they decided to put on a wrestling match to revitalize the community. Okay, um... And they do that by having all the wrestlers go to a hot spring and then taking pictures of them naked without their permission and sending it to all the other villages to attract old women to come watch them wrestle. And they find out about that and they're like, well, you got to do what you got to do, even if it involves invading our privacy. Um (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, Haruna and Tiger Mask decide it would be fun to explore an old abandoned schoolhouse. Uh, and I, uh, they are stalked by the Mexican wrestler, who is the son of this Mexican wrestling promoter, and his name is the Saboten. And his mission is to attack Tiger Mask so that it can, so that he can win their match later in the day and they can force Tiger Mask to go to Mexico, um, but it turns into a Looney Tunes cartoon, and Saboten just keeps <laughs> jumping into stuff and hitting his head and falling out of third-story windows um, with no consequences. Um, eventually, they do have a wrestling match, and the Saboten faces Tiger Mask, and he you know, sneak attacks him, but Tiger Mask is too good, and he's about to win when suddenly... Uh, the Sabaton's mother throws the Sabaton a cactus. A full cactus, his secret weapon, and he swings to hit Tiger Mask, but he accidentally hits his mother, and she has a bunch of needles in her butt, and she chases him out of the ring, and Tiger Mask wins. Uh, and it ends with the, uh, Mexican wrestling promoter, Proposing marriage to the village mayor because he'd make a good promoter. I I oh I I know that summary went long. There's like so much more in this episode it's, that goes that just defies belief.
0: Uh, so I just want to bring up one thing. There's something that's so weird about this episode, and I mean you covered most of that pretty well in there about what's weird. For the first half of the episode they don't show the face of the mother. Yeah. Like, the camera keeps obscuring her eyes. Like, we see, still get, uh, get shots of, like, her chest, or yeah. we'll sometimes see, like, her lips. And I thought what they were doing, they were trying to conceal the fact that this was supposed to be, like, Miss X.
1: That's what I thought, too. I was watching with uh, my fiance, and she's like, so, she," and she saw, like, all those shots, and she's like, okay, so that you can't see her face, but you can see she has big breasts... Who else has big breasts and would have Miss a reason X. to have a secret identity? It's it's definitely Miss X with a wig on, right? And yeah. then eventually, halfway through the episode, she turns around and you see her face, and it's just a random character.
0: Right! Like, I, I get the feeling that maybe they had a different direction that they were gonna go with in this episode. And then, like, partway through, they changed their minds or ran into some issues.
1: Yeah, and it was too late. But, like, maybe
0: they couldn't get the voice actress for her, because I know we, we had mentioned this before, that she's kind of like a, uh, she she's kind of a big-name voice actress that they got for Miss X, so mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't, like, maybe they were going to try and make that this character, but then they couldn't afford her or something. Or
1: she was unavailable, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: it was just... It was such a weird thing for them to try and keep it a secret all this time, but. That there was no secret. She was nobody.
1: Yeah. Um, It was Uh, like. This episode just. I mean, it didn't do anything. There was no plot in it. It was all completely random. And it felt like none of these characters would do any of these things. Why are all these characters going on a bus trip to rural Japan to right. like work out in an old gym for like these are highly paid celebrities why would they also like why would they only have two buses for like what appeared to be 40 guys i mean i there's so there's so many so many
0: questions right then there's the fact that they have this very extended sequence before they go into the, uh, into the, into, like, the main house where, you know, they're, like, into the main hotel that they're all gonna be staying at. And what happens is, like, they have this very long, dry- drawn-out sequence where Ryu is commenting, like, oh, it's gonna be old women and they're gonna have all this food. It's, like, they're gonna have, like, just, like, this very boring meal and they're, like, and they keep putting ol- and then, like, the... Then, like, the uh, the village elder is, like, he keeps saying, like, oh, like, old women, but they keep putting it in quotes. Not only that, but he has to throw in the fact that they murdered a couple of deer for them? I don't even know what the point of that was.
1: I think that was to say that, like, we don't just have, like,
0: like boiled or... vegetables,
1: we also have venison. And they're like, whoa!
0: Yeah, but it's like they keep, like, and there's just this long build-up to finally reveal who these people who are cooking for them are. And it's, you know, it's like, okay, so what they're going to do is they're going to turn around and it's going to be a bunch of cute young girls. Nope. And it'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, we got girls here, yay! No, they're all old women, and the food is about what Ryu was expecting. Yeah, it was... They, They had a bit more of a buffet than they were anticipating, and there you go!
1: Yeah, and, and they just say, like, man, oh, man, I never thought I'd eat such good food in a rural village. Um, and I'm like, man, like, what does this show have against rural Japan?
0: Or Mexico, for that matter.
1: Yeah. Uh, we didn't... One thing I didn't mention was that, so, the Saboten, who's this Mexican wrestler who's there for some reason... Yeah.
0: Um,
1: like, he can't form complete sentences... He just refers to, like, you know, me am going to do the... You know, he talks like a caveman. Yeah. Um, for no explained
0: reason. Um, like, the only thing we could theorize is that, like, especially because he has this, like, absurdly close relationship with his mother, it's like... Is this, like, a Japanese stereotype of Mexicans?
1: Like... Yeah, or is it that, like... Maybe, I mean, he was clearly supposed to be stupid, but was it that, like, oh, he's too stupid to learn Japanese correctly, like... Right. I don't know. It was, But,
0: I mean, it's, it can't just be that, because... So, one of the very stupidest things he does is that he's gonna, like, basically his mother tells him to follow Tiger Mask and injure him before the match. And, uh, he brings, like, a frying pan with him, and, like, he starts following them up the stairs, like, Tiger Mask and, uh, Haruna... And they're like, hey, what are you doing with that frying pan? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, this is special training. I just keep hitting myself in the head with a frying pan. Uh, 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 uh. And then he knocks himself out.
1: Yeah, hilarious, it's like, right?
0: Oh, yeah, super funny. It's like, I I don't understand what you're even doing here.
1: Yeah, it, like, was, it was the worst episode of Tiger Mask, which right. says a lot.
0: Yeah, oh my god. Uh, just the other thing I wanted to bring up was that as soon as the, the, the Mexican promoter told Harna 500,000 and Harna didn't know what it was, just assumed it was dollars. I was just immediately like, it's going to be either yen or pesos.
1: Yeah. Like it's definitely pesos.
0: Like, oh, and then it's like, oh, that's not very much per match. And it's just like, you could have just clarified what she was saying, Harna, like.
1: Yeah, I mean, what like it was such a stupid setup. Like fifty thousand, I assume dollars, eh? (laughs) Like this one, it felt simultaneously like a very poorly written kids show, but also like something you would never want to show your kids because of the way it characterized the Mexican promoter.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah, we we don't we don't
1: have to go into it because it was just sort of like upset like. I don't know. Tiger Mask can be fun. That's So right. I, I think I just want to wrap up on this. Tiger Mask can be fun when it's campy. Uh, and when it's silly. And when it, like, has a little bit of fun with its own premise. This wasn't fun. This was just no. random and kind of gross uh, and pointless. And it had no bearing on the pr- plot whatsoever.
0: Right. And, I mean, you know, Mr. Bigfoot didn't either, but... Also, why would, this is just something that just occurred to me. Why was Mr. Bigfoot, like, more articulate than the Saboten?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: yeah, it's like, there was a character that you could do who you could justify speaking like a caveman.
1: Yeah, because he dressed like a caveman.
0: He dressed like a caveman and was basically as smart as one, but he even he was still more eloquent than the Saboten. Yeah.
1: Also, why is his name the Saboten?
0: Yeah, that's just gotta be something we don't understand.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot I don't understand well, about Tiger
0: Mask. Okay, fair enough.
1: Um, let's let's move on to a show that is much more full of joy, uh, Minami Kamakura High School Girls Cycling Club.
0: <laughs> okay, so this episode begins with a party for Shiki, who they all who the girls ask to be their advisor for mm-hmm. the club. Of course. Um, and then apparently the club needs a cook, so they have Higa do it. Anyway, uh, so the swimming club finds out about how Higa does, isn't going to join this, isn't going to join their team. They're, she's going to join the cycling team, and so their kind of club head, their captain or ace—I wasn't really quite sure about who she was supposed to be. Yeah. She was super talented though. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Hiroko, and she uh, challenges Hiromi to a match, to a cycling match, to race to the top of the hill in exchange for Higa, and. They do that, uh, Hiromi almost wins, but Hiroko pulls up at the very end to win the match, uh, but then at the end she's like, oh no, that's fine, I don't care, Higa can join, and Higa goes, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to join any, I wasn't going to join them anyway, I appreciate you fighting for me so hard though, and then the episode ends, and then we get to the AOP section where they talk about, uh, right, uh, items to make their ride more comfortable, and we learn about arm mirrors. Um, we also re- learn about the phone holder, which is a must-buy. <laughs> and then also bike computers, which does, uh, displays relevant info. And it's really good for girls, because girls love to know about how their calorie intake.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, I hate this show. I love it, yeah, I love it, but it's, it's, oh man.
0: It's embarrassing.
1: Yeah, the, uh... Okay, yeah, so what, what 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 were your big takeaways from Manami Kamakura episode
0: 4? This episode a... made no sense! Yeah, I know. Okay, so, like, we have this whole setup about how it's like, no, the girls have to fight to keep, like, Higa on their team. And it's like, Higa even has a line that is, like, that just blows my mind because they get to the race and, you know, they're like, oh, no, I have to fight to keep Higa on the team. And then Higa says, like, it's my fault that this is happening. And it's like, yeah, of course it is. It's, of course it's your fault. Just say no!
1: Yeah. Like...
0: It's like, you don't have to join!
1: Yeah, no one can coerce you into joining the swim team against your will. Like, and you have to th- know that.
0: And it's like, the funny thing is, at the end of the episode, they even address that because she was like, I wasn't even going to join them anyway, but I appreciate you doing that. Then what was the point of this episode?
1: Yeah... Uh, well, I mean, I think... They got
0: to see a pretty view at the top of the hill!
1: And they got to learn how gear shifting works. I think that was part of it, you to, like, might... get Hiromi on a road bike so that she could have learn how to shift.
0: This is the type of episode you have after the characters are already established. Like, we are on episode four, and the girls have not gone on a ride in, like since near the beginning of the show like not since episode two yeah like and not only that but it's like no we have to do this to save higa and all i'm thinking is who's higa
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah also the only reason like the swim team just assumed higa would join because she's a pretty good swimmer and she swam in the pool one time um and so they're like oh don't you want to swim on the team and she's like no and they're like all right all right. you could have summed up the whole episode with that like Higa chose not to join the swim club you know where are we at the end of the episode that we were not at the beginning of the episode right.
0: like we everything we know about like, this doesn't add anything about any of the characters yeah I mean these are like he is also somebody that Hiromi just met yeah. Like, why does she care that much to like save Higa from the swim
1: club? I mean, I get it because like they're trying to start a new club and they need every person they can get. But like, you know, you've known each other for two days. Like, don't don't. This is another
0: thing. This is another thing I was just thinking of because the club technically hasn't formed yet. They only just got Cheeky to be their advisor, and without an advisor, the club actually can't exist.
1: Yeah. Um. Another issue is that why can't he could do both. I mean, right? Like I get that ooh that y- you know, if they were both sports teams, that would be one thing. But I mean, these girls can't even refer to themselves as the cycling club because they're like, oh, I don't want to get too narrow. We're just the bicycle club. Right. So they they have no goals. No plans. They don't know what they're... It's not like they're like, oh, we need to train for the race. They're just like, we need to be involved with bicycles somehow. Wow, you know, it, you, you yeah. could probably go to a swim meet on the weekend, too.
0: Right. Like, and not only that, it's like... We still have barely seen these girls as, like, a cycling unit. Like, okay, I will... You know, I we talk we talk bad on Long Riders. And it's a bad show. It's oh, yeah. an awful show right from the beginning of the series these were girls with a sole purpose to go out and ride bikes together and we saw that
1: mm-hmm.
0: did it really have any purpose? no but we still saw it
1: they still did it in most episodes
0: they still did it in most episodes there was still kind of this sense that bicycles were an important part of the show this just kind of feels like this feels like a serious take on like something like TQ mmm where it's like, yeah, they're technically part of a cycling club, but cycling is not really that important of an aspect of their group, but you'd show that by showing the connection between the characters, but again, it feels like the characters still just met. They haven't really formed together. They're not really learning anything about one another.
1: Yeah. So, another similarity, to, uh, similarity of long Riders is, at one point in this episode, Tomoe's younger sister comes by and she's She's talking to the four girls and she's like hey by the way i designed team uniforms for you and they're like wait what and they're like well you can't be a club if you don't have uniforms here's the design i made and it's this intensely intricate design made on a tablet by like an 11 year old and uh, okay um I i guess if you want me to suspend my disbelief for that Um, and they they all look at it and they're like it's cute, it's pink, it has hearts I like it, we should this is our uniform now and everyone said yes, this is our uniform now Um, and there was no conflict, there were no questions like, Long Riders did a lot of things poorly I would say most things poorly (laughs) Um, to its credit they like sat around and discussed what they wanted to be on their uniforms and what they wanted their team name to be whereas these girls are just like Oh, the first thing we've ever seen. Good enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no there's no journey to this. Yeah. To to this. There's like they have plots to the episode, which is an advantage it does have over the writers. <laughs> But there's still, like... There's no conflict. There's nothing that they earn in this series. There's nothing that they really, like, shoot for. Well, yeah. I mean, the well, same
1: way with, like, the conflict in this episode is like, oh, who's gonna get Higa? This is... This bike race is gonna determine it. And then Hiromi loses, but there are no consequences to her losing. They're like, oh, well, you know, we can not actually make someone join the Swim Club. Have a good day. Um, And and the... And, um Azuma, uh, the swim team captain she just says at the end she's like well you know if there's one thing i've learned swimming it's that you need to have a lot of new experiences we're like again with people insisting we have lots of new experiences
0: these girls spend a lot of time talking about what they're <laughs> going to learn from cycling yeah not much without time actually cycling. doing it yeah oh. Which I guess, in a way, it reminds us of back in the. It reminds me of when we were back in the day when we were little kids talking about the awesome fan fiction we were going to write, but never actually doing any writing. I
1: mean, I I guess, yeah. Like
0: I, I get the same sense. Like they keep talking about it's like all of the stuff they're going to do that's going to be awesome with the cycling club.
1: We're gonna ride around Hokkaido.
0: Yeah, we're gonna ride up to Hokkaido. We're gonna we're gonna ride to other islands. Like blah blah blah, and it's like. Great, can we see some of that? Yeah,
1: like, and then in the next scene they're like I need to buy a bike <laughs> <sighs> uh,
0: And it I don't know, uh, the show is just really frustrating I don't know, Long Riders didn't make me Well, no, i sure I can go no, back and watch Long
1: Riders episode. made me real frustrated
0: <laughs> It was
1: painful <laughs> I, to watch
0: That's true it's, it's kind of one of those things though Where I'm going back on it and looking It's like you know, the grass is always greener.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I, I enjoy both, neither of them, but they're bad <laughs> in different ways. So, right. um, speaking of something different, do you want to... Real
0: quick, there was yeah. one other oh, thing I okay. to
1: But I was about to segue so hard.
0: I know, I know, I'm sorry. But there was one other baffling thing okay. that was... Um, so one of the things that they talk about with Hiroko is that the reason she's on the swim team is that she used to play volleyball... But she switched to swimming because she injured her knee.
1: Okay, fair enough. But... Is it? I mean, yeah, it just because, like, you don't... From all the jumping, You at a certain point, you have, like, swimming is more low impact on your knees.
0: I... Okay, fair enough. What bothered... But I kind of took that as... It's like, well, she had a leg injury, so why is that suddenly not an issue in the swim team? But I guess that's fair.
1: Well, yeah, I would think it was just a joint thing where because there's no actual, you know you're not actually landing on your knees it doesn't take as much damage the one issue i had with that is that (laughs) shortly right right after that they're like oh yeah i saw you biking the other day because i was running it's like (laughs) wait so like can you put pressure on your knee or
0: (laughs) i'm kind of confused about the mechanics of this yeah i
1: mean it might be one of those things where her knee healed but she decided she liked swimming better but you know none of that was explained so it all seemed kind of silly and random um, so, speaking of silly and random, uh, <laughs> would you like to discuss TQ Season
0: 3? Okay, sure thing. I'm actually covering it this week, uh, or I'm summarizing it, or doing the best I can. Right. Uh, so, this week we saw in TQ, there was less of a focus on Marimo than I was anticipating. She's kind of uh, faded out yeah. a little bit. They they still have an episode that's devoted to her later in the uh, season, but uh, there was not nearly as many, uh, there, there weren't nearly as many connected episodes this time. They yeah. were all pretty standalone. Stand um, it wasn't, well, uh, it was still pretty good. I'm sad you didn't get to watch the entire season because episode 11 was amazing because they were parodying sports anime in that one and that was really the highlight of it. They even changed the opening so that it would actually play out more like an actual sports series opening.
1: Oh yeah, no. I I, I have actually... I, I wasn't able to get through all of TQ because some other stuff came up today, but I have actually watched the first few seasons of TQ before, so I'd seen it already.
0: Oh, okay, okay. yeah, I had, re- I had forgotten about that. Anyway. Uh... And so, I, I really appreciated that sequence, especially, like, my favorite part during that new opening was, like, how they even had, like, the characters and Shadow that are all building up to the mountain. Like, that's the sort of, like, imagery that I associate with so many sports series, even yeah. indirectly. Uh, I thought they did a really great job capturing that feel. I also love that they keep making up special moves that uh, Nasuno uses.
1: <sighs> well, I mean, uh, Kanae
0: used uh, the Kamehameha wave. Oh, that's true, but that was in an earlier episode. That's true. <laughs> uh, that was also I. I actually wasn't sure if that was meant to be a uh, kamehameha or not, uh, but I. I suppose that's the case. I think
1: they they used like a knockoff, like a very similar phrase, like kaneha neha or
0: something. Yeah, like. it was something like that. Yeah. That was in like the second episode. I want to say mm-hmm. it was the one where they when the city was being flooded.
1: Yeah. Um, what one funny thing they did in this season too was that um, they kept advertising their own stuff in the middle of the oh, episode yeah. they were like oh hey looks like we got done early we might as well hawk our own blu-rays <laughs> um, and they keep like refra- I mean, one episode when they, they have an episode where they all go and get their hair cut right. um, and uh, Nasuno's like oh yeah I think I'd like my hair the same way it is in volume 3 of TQ <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. The show is very I mean, it's easy to say self-aware because I mean but I mean self-aware comedy is not new. I guess with how brazen it is about how they handle it, I think that's what makes it work. Yeah. Like this is a series that kinda doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it like this is a show that it's kinda hard to describe. Um It's very much, like, a controlled chaos. Like, they're clearly just throwing out whatever gag... Like, the first gag that comes to their head.
1: So here's here's a question I have. Do you think it works better if you watch a season all at once or if you, like, space it out?
0: I think it works better if... I I like watching a season all in one. Just because, like, it's fun for, like, a quick gag or two watching it just, just... Like, watching just, like... A single episode, a single two-minute episode. Yeah. I don't know if I would even remember it as well though if I didn't like have it like in a chunk. Yeah. At the same time though, the length of the episodes is kind of the series' best strength, mm-hmm. because again, they don't have time to drag out jokes or to like wait for the applause. They kind of just keep moving through gags. Yeah. So and so it's like,
1: I I, th- yeah, I like, thought it. I mean, I wasn't able to get to the last couple because we had to start recording. Um, but. It uh, it it pretty much is consistent quality. If you like the first two seasons, you'll probably like season three. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to see if seeing how the tone changes,
0: as, if at all, as we get to the end. But so, something I didn't notice this season, I feel like the gags are actually getting increasingly complex, or maybe I just got the gags the gags a little better. Like there's a gag um, during the one when they're staying at uh, Kanoe's house. Uh, during the flood and they have this gag where you know it's like oh we're doing the shower sequence and then uh the the show very coyly like uh, burns out the power it's like oh sorry guys the power is out can't watch this scene yeah and it's like okay that's kind of funny but then they they bring the gag full circle because the power does go back on
1: yeah and then they're just naked
0: (laughs) and they're just naked there
1: yeah they're not being sly about it they're just naked
0: yeah, and not only that, but it also plays into the world. It's just like, no, 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 yeah, no. The only reason we're not showing through this is because the power's out. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was kind of... It's like, th- this This joke is going in a cycle, and it's interesting to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a couple other gags I really enjoyed. Real quick, uh, I got a real big kick out of the uh, the store where they have to go to the racket store uh, <laughs> to get uh, Kanoe's uh, racket fixed, and they go to the fifth or sixth best store for repairing <laughs> rackets. They're not really sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a pretty funny. So there was a gag that I really enjoyed. Also, like in episode six, that I thought was kind of a kind of a funny shot at like a lot of Japanese mobile game issues, which is there because it's the one where they're trying to help the uh, the baker out with his uh, store. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And trying
0: to help, and they have the cake thing, and they're talking about how they're going to be able to sell the cake, and they start discussing how they're going to sell it as a as an app. And, uh, but make this make the sexy cake the uh, the rare item <laughs> yeah and I, just, I again it's kind of one of those things that's like man that's just such a quick gag and it's such a quick burn against like uh, it's a genre of game like the mopage games which are basically kind of the the randomized games where you keep throwing in money just to get like the special item in the game and a lot of times yeah they use the uh, the sexy girl pictures as the as the rare item
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's, uh, TQ remains itself. I think that's my summary I don't have
0: a problem with that. The first season I thought was slightly rough, but er, I'm looking forward to it more and more every week.
1: I think it's just because the first season had to introduce all, you know, it had to introduce how the world worked. And so once that's established, they can have fun with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I would also like to just point out one thing. Uh, there was one episode... So, one of the the, one of the themes of the series is that every episode begins with a vaguely related movie reference. Mm-hmm. Like, not even subtle. They just say the name of the movie and then just say, With Senpai. Right.
1: So, like, 8 um... Eight Mile With Senpai. Or something. Like, <laughs> it has nothing to do <laughs> that with... That
0: was the one I was going to bring up.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh,
0: just because, uh, it's like, who remembers the the fictional retelling of the m&m story
1: well i think a lot of the i mean i recognize the name of it but what it had to do with the episode and
0: yeah, i don't know who's
1: watching uh, it in japan i don't know <laughs> uh
0: the other one i remember was that they actually did bring up uh in one episode they actually rashomon. brought it around it was in the one with the uh it was in the haircutting episode uh they brought up the uh it was rashomon with senpai and they actually brought up rashomon in the episode yeah And I just, I thought that was kind of funny because, like, every other time it's just been like, uh, you know, it's like they're never going to mention it or bring it up in the episode. But no, just one time they can make the excuse of, no, we, see, look, it does have something to do with the series.
1: Yeah. Yep. Sometimes the things they do have something to do with the things in the series. A great summary (laughs) of TQ. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, well, I think that wraps up. We're a little early this week, but that's not always a bad thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I, we need to complain about that.
0: Yeah. I, okay, so uh, I do appreciate, as always, you joining me.
1: I always appreciate you having me.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. All right, well, would you please hit the credits? My pleasure. Our logo design is by James Radcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.